0: thanks for listening to the roman circus podcast a weekly dive into death-defying discussions of catholic culture tradition and history i'm matt baker and with me as always is a man who's something something i forgot to think of this this week zach mabry zach how are you my friend Uh, i'm okay i'm okay great uh tweet us at roman circus pod i'm at hey it's matt baker zach is at zach mabry z-a-c mabry Email us podcast at romancircusblog dot com. You can find us on Patreon, Patreon dot com slash roman circus pod. Um, we are on all the podcast platforms. Rate and review us on Apple Podcasts if you get a second. Uh, we really appreciate it.
1: Zach, what's going on? You know, um, life is good. Life is good. Um, just you know, living it right. <laughs> Um, just yeah okay yeah yeah totally. Just kidding, just kidding. I've been listening to the uh, the Kanye album. Mm-hmm. Have you played it yet? Mm-hmm. What'd you like? What did you like? Yeah, it? listen.
0: Yeah, I enjoyed it. I I really only listened to use this gospel that song. That's really the only one I listened to though. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I listened to the whole thing through about twice. I really liked the song Water. Because it had like a litany. I love a good litany. Yeah, it was lit. Tin-y. Ooh, <laughs> I ooh. I know. Um, though it did have one of the petitions that he made was Jesus give us wealth, which was kind of cringe. But um, well, at the at the they, same time, yeah, like I I take wealth, you know.
0: <laughs> Patreon dot com slash Roman Circus Pod. Yeah, a thing came out today that he said that. There was apparently a thing where he said that God gave him sixty-eight million dollars because he became a Christian or something.
1: All right, all right. You know. I mean, I should have. I definitely should have asked for more when I converted. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, yeah, you really, you really undervalued your conversion. Let's see. You're like, please just that, give me. That the wasn't memes. like a. Please just right. Huh? Please I, I just feel give like me I the gave them a digital life. I was
1: worried that they were going to. Um, you know, walk away from the deal and seeing what they were willing to pay now, it's like I clearly got suckered. That wait, so that wasn't like a like a onion article? I don't know. It was not
0: it who knows the legitimacy of I don't know. I
1: No, I Googled it. HuffPo is reporting it, so you know it's not true. Just kidding. <laughs> um I guess it was on James Corden's carpool karaoke. Oh, on a plane. When? Though.
0: Oh. Playing um, karaoke?
1: Yeah. Hefty IRS refund is part of the plan. He's using me to show off, Wes said, last year I made $115 million and still ended up $35 million in debt. This year I, I looked up and I just got $68 million returned to me on my tax returns. You're an accountant, Zach. Does that sound correct? I mean, it just sounds like he's obviously paying too much in taxes and his accountant's an idiot because if if he I mean you cater
0: you cater to you you try and cater to Catholic families so do we have a
1: chance to get the Kardashian Wests I mean I'm not saying that's why I published an article about Kanye praising him but if he were to call me I would be happy to work with him so um, you know and if if he's listening now you know just slide into my DMs or shoot me an email um, you know just if he's listening, just in case. Okay, that's good. Just in case uh, has very very precious children. Uh, North, Chicago, Saint, and Psalm are their names. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah. North Chicago very Saint precious. Psalm. I don't know that they're planning to Zach, have any more, but we'd love them to c- continue reproducing. Zach, uh, that was that was the big news
0: in. Catholic world, Catholic Twitter, the Kanye West album this weekend. There was other other big news in the world. Uh the American military politely removed an ISIS leader from the earth this weekend. I see that. Abu B- Abu bakar al-Baghdadi, right? They got him. Did they? So yeah, so what interests interested me about this story was not necessarily any of that it was that the our our dear emperor trump yesterday tweeted out a picture of a dog and he said we have declassified a picture of the wonderful dog parentheses name not declassified that did such a cap uh all caps Great job in capturing and killing the leader of Isis, Abu Bakar al-Baghdadi. They, this I loved this. I loved that there were, okay, there was a dog involved. The picture of the dog was declassified along with the name. and for the benefit of showing us this wonderful dog, he declassified the picture. Now the picture looks like a dog. It looks like it could be any dog. It's a dog looking at the camera with it. You know the dogs do that thing where they just stick their tongue out of their mouth and they look like idiots. Yeah. It's doing this. Yeah, like the Instagram it's doing this through. thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just looking at the... I love, that they, I love that this was a thing they had to do. They, first of all, they classify pictures of... They take pictures of the military dogs. They classify the picture of the military dogs and then they classify the name which I guess makes sense because they're members of the military, but it, I don't know. It just got, it just got me. The idea that they had to, that they, for the benefit of us seeing this, had to, de- he declassified this photo. It could be completely made up that they don't do that, but for the pomp and circumstance, but still, it was, uh... and what do we think the odds are? Like, do we think the name is like uh killer or do we think it's like skip the dog's name yeah, probably Ivanka if... <laughs> okay
1: alright well that's another good episode of yeah. the books so then <laughs> there's also been the Amazon Synod yeah does that have anything to do with dogs well no well yeah I mean it's you know for the dogs I don't know for the birds for the so birds like. that's it um. So we did our whole episode, you know, the drowning of, of Pacamama. And, and so for our listening audience that didn't know this, she was actually resurfaced and returned to Pope Francis.
0: Mm-hmm. Literally resurfaced.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, in, in the, in the strictest sense.
0: Yeah. Resurfaced from the water. Right.
1: Like she had she had gone um, below the surface, which you can see in the video. And then she returned uh, to the surface. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so uh, where was I with that? I will say she's having a much more successful October than me. Like my October is <laughs> is just trash compared to Pacamama's October. She's really she's really on one. She went for a swim. She got to see Rome. You know, I was
0: thinking of that. Have, I was like, guys, these are wooden statues.
1: Wood floats, you know? Like that's how you can make canoes. <laughs> <laughs> like that's yeah. how come people have canoes. So it was probably poorly thought out. Um You know what
0: would have you know what wood doesn't survive fire.
1: That's what okay,
0: well, See, I feel like I'm not like, suggesting. I'm not suggesting they do that,
1: right? Somebody else pointed out that maybe they just have like hundreds of these on, um, on you know, backup. Like, so they just were like, okay, we need three more, um, and they return those, and these aren't the actual ones that were thrown in. Um, but yeah, I like Ooh, to imagine, kind of like we said, that like every time you get rid of it, it just comes back, but like each time, it's it's a little bit closer to you. It's like you're just like you just picture like someone like Dr. Taylor Marshall, like he's like asleep and then he wakes up and there's like Pacamama on his nightstand. She's like you thought you were rid of me. Yeah. Um No Or like the the
0: baby inside Pacamama grows
1: slightly every time till it's like a fully formed child. And then it's yes. And then eventually, I don't know. I mean, so the dialogue around it has literally, it's fallen into, is she this? Is she that? Could she be this? Could she be that? Were they bowing to her? Were they bowing towards her? Were they bowing next to her? Were they praying to her? Were they praying with her? Were they praying for her? It's it's so tedious. (laughs) And I mean, I'm not saying that, you know, the potential for idolatry isn't real. I'm not saying that idolatry is something to just laugh off. I'm saying that this doesn't really in the grand scheme of things need to take up a lot of your time and and energy. Like that's my overall take. Like I'm I'm not saying so like don't nec- like I'm not going to craft some kind of defense for it and I'm not going to kind of craft a case for why it's the end of the world. I'm just going to choose to direct my thoughts elsewhere and that's pretty much my whole take on Packamama. What do you think, Matt? Uh, yeah, that seems fine. I don't know. I, I mean, sat you got through... Austin Ivory out here. He changed his profile picture to Packamama. and I mean, he's just devastated that she got thrown into the river.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, you say what you want, but Paca is not an excuse to become a total dork. Anyway, I sat well, through. Right. I mean, it's like just don't of... melt down I... on these things. <laughs> yeah, I sat through plenty of wild masses when i lived in los angeles Zach. so uh i'm i'm still sort of numb to that thing the like things like that yeah so
1: well and i don't uh... know have you ever watched a beyonce concert like i've watched people worship a, a living thing other than god or a thing other than god yeah and so right uh, that's the stan culture is much more idolatrous than the, even though i love stan culture to an extent but what are you saying no that's the that's kind of
0: my thing about this is i it, it's a different it's kind of the difference between something that's kind of off-putting and slightly cheesy as opposed to just full-on idol worship right like it you something can be you can question something's place in the mass but idol worship is a full-on it's like the diff like it's I feel like it's the same line between what we were talking about, like schism and just kind of not agreeing on things, right? Like it's not, it doesn't always have to be the extreme of one thing. It can just be, I think a perfectly acceptable take is Pacamama is probably doesn't have a place in the mass, but also it's the Amazon synod. So you knew, you know that they're going to try and like Amazon it up in some ways to make it seem more Amazon-y.
1: Glamazon glamazon next we're gonna have the glamazon synod um with like keynote speaker rupaul um no just kidding um i hope (laughs) but yeah i mean obviously this has just been a nightmare and so the the document was released the final synod document um i didn't read it i can't say that i had a single intention of reading it and i have no uh no qualms about that decision what about you matt I, I I'm not going to read it. Why? Like,
0: would I? I don't know. I you know. Remember, we say every week now that we like to claim ignorance here on this podcast. We're the number one Catholic claiming ignorance podcast.
1: Yeah, I will say that the we Amazon just like synod to document, let Everything happened. Like we, I feel like you can try to say we're claiming ignorance, but I feel like this is an exception where actually reading it would make us more ignorant.
0: Yeah, well, it certainly wouldn't do. Like, what are you going to...
1: It's not a good use of your time.
0: Because at the well, end you're, of the day... it's just going it, to affirm everything. It's going to affirm whatever you want it to affirm. Right. right.
1: What I'm hearing is that it calls for married priests in the Amazon. And we've been very clear that we think married priests um, is a terrible idea. I will say it It makes it a little bit more palatable that they're going to be sent out into the Amazon, which just seems like a hellhole. Um, but, you know, I don't want Sack. them showing up in the Sack. suburbs. Zach. Matthew. Zach. Wow. 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 I mean, I don't think wow. that they're claiming that they're like Key West out there. Like, I guess I don't like the... F- I, don't, I don't want priests who aren't willing to sacrifice having a wife. If they're going to sacrifice being able to live in a place that's livable, then maybe they can take a wife. Well,
0: but, but I, but just by this whole thing it this whole synod just seems like it's bringing out just the pa- patronization of people like they're like it all you know everyone said like oh they just want married priests because they don't think that the people of the amazon can understand celibacy like us westerners right like it's everything about it just it doesn't it just seems so weird to me it's kind of, i don't I, it does make me feel. It does make me feel slightly dirty because I don't know what the intentions of anybody are for setting it up. So, well, you,
1: there's heavy, heavy German involvement, and so the intentions are perverse and unspeakable in polite company. I mean, that's pretty much all you have to know. Like,
0: yeah, that's fair. About
1: every every large scale project that the Germans have undertaken for at least the past hundred and fifty years has been extremely bad, and it has set. N- yeah. records for being bad and so you know I'm, even these small ones probably still bad um, Pope Benedict the 16th uh, excluded well he's Bavarian um, okay, Bavaria is obviously conquered territory but you know I I would call them different from Germans because Bavaria is mm. much more beautiful than the rest of Germany
0: the only, okay fine I'll amend it Zach the only good
1: German is Dirk Nowitzki Dirk I was just thinking about him <laughs> when i um, unfortunately (laughs) the posters that we got for that didn't quite spark joy so i don't have them anymore but the memory Uh, uh, still does an event
0: event you went to with me didn't spark joy the event sparked
1: joy this is a big thing you have to understand with this whole Mari Kondo thing is that the memory will still be there and the, the selfie we took did spark joy and i saved it but the poster itself was kind of like okay. Like, it, here's my thing: was it really a good memory if you have to hold on to a poster from it to remember it? Mm, interesting. Yeah, that's what she. That's what. That's what Mari Kondo says. Not. I was going to say that's what she said, but I, by she, I mean Mari Kondo. Which is, you can actually assume that's what I'm always meaning when I say that's what she said um Mm -hmm. (laughs) so let's see the document came out and then apparently it, it called for some kind of like we said quasi female diaconate thing it's funny because like a lot of people are explaining that these will basically be like church secretary types like these are women who basically already do a lot of work in parishes and so it's like, okay, so you're telling me that nuns 50 years ago like fought for the right to wear street clothes and not have to have their habits, and then now church secretaries are fighting for the right to wear robes. Like, how many times, like, at some point we maybe need to just chill on this. Suppress the laity. The laity do. They need to be, The laity needs to be suppressed for until further notice, at least. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, re- revive the office of prime. Okay, One of the Hours of the Divine Office, which is in modern terminology called the Liturgy of the Hours. Um, mm-hmm. Revive the Office of Prime, which was suppressed in the liturgical reform, and suppress the laity entirely. Um, just, for a mo- <laughs> just for a while. <laughs> so the other thing about the Synod document yeah. is the document itself, it's a, it's a Synod document. It's a summary of what the Synod recommended. It is essentially a sort of, this gets sent to the Pope, and they say, Holy Father, here's what the synod has come up with, and then the ball is 100 percent in his court, as it always is, and that's right. how the church works, and that's how Jesus designed it to work. Is that there's no collegiality between the popes and the, the pope and the bishops, so they all of their deliberations, they can vote, they can write documents, they can do anything. But it ultimately comes down to one man, which will be the Vicar of Christ, which at present is Pope Francis. Um so nobody's asked me, and that's fine. My advice, if they did, would be maybe don't make these documents public and just allow the Holy Father himself to read and reflect on it and then issue his response. Yeah, that that does seem
0: that does seem kind of weird. Like they if it if it's a thing that is not democratic and a thing that we'll have no input on you keep it private allow the pope to act on it and then make it known it that actually seems like the best course of action like because what well surprise what what is really being hidden? (laughs) well yeah but what is really people argue like well it's being hidden from from us be like okay like a lot. There are a lot of things that have been hidden from us that haven't made it to light, and I'm not saying that in a nefarious
1: way. I'm just saying it as a things we don't have to know way. I mean, things that we don't have to know. But I, I mean, I also think that in a certain sense, wouldn't that give the Pope, you know, the sort of the space that he needs to make the right decision? if he doesn't have all of this external pressure of, so, you know, now in a sense, he's somewhat limited to basically saying yes or no to d- the different things recommended in the document. Um, it's very similar to the birth control commission from the sixties where, you know, Paul, the six there, this committee, they met for like six years. It was insane for something that doesn't really require more than maybe 20 minutes of like actual thinking. Um, and they came to the conclusion like the birth control commission, which you could think of as like a synod, um, came to their recommendation to the Pope that the Pope allow couples to use artificial birth control. Um, and it was like 90% plus of the people involved in that commission came to that conclusion. And it was the same thing of, you know, bishops, probably most of them German. Um, lay laymen lay women um theologians cringe um (laughs) like basically a a a welcome committee from you know i couldn't think of an answer a welcome committee from a place you don't want to be welcome to from a lame welcome committee from the lame house um and so They all were like, of course, of course, let people use birth control because, you know, again, that gives people the ability to, I mean, let's just, you know, I'm not even going to say it, but uh, so (laughs) the Pope, of course, (laughs) came out and said, no, couples can't use birth control. You guys need to quit being perverts and be open to life, Um, and so that's what got issued with Humanae Vitae, but the problem is, is there was extreme pressure placed on paul the six because the birth control commission recommendations were made available and so when he came out and affirmed the fact that you know no you need to be open to life with your spouse and not withhold from them your fertility since you promised them um not and not withhold from
0: them your paca mama (laughs) yeah um
1: (laughs) sorry okay um (laughs) yeah so but it put a lot of pressure on him to say otherwise and you know it was a big thing that he went against the commission and so you know it's it's a reminder that the church is not a democracy i'm pretty sure hell is a democracy Um, we need to at all times yeah we need to
0: at all times uh make sure that the pope has full and free reign to tell us what is going to happen without wor- like worrying about wondering how people will take it.
1: I mean you know, I right that, that is ultimately the you- best situation because his office does have the promise from Christ and even though it's not he's not going to hit home runs every time he's up to bat, the best thing to do is to sort of clear a path and essentially just be an enabler like just be part of being Catholic is being a papal enabler under the hope that God fulfills his promise to not let the Pope do anything too bad.
0: Yeah, I thought you were going to be like, uh, he's not going to hit home runs every time he's up to bat, but the best course of action is just to get a good blocking formation and help him score a touchdown. Kobe. Right.
1: Kobe. <laughs> um, <laughs> no, I mean, I, that does sound simplistic. In every, I, I, I have friends that do have legitimate concerns with my my approach on that and they say well what about ultramontanism ultramontanism yeah which because it sounds like a heresy because it ends with the term ism and then it starts with ultra and so it sounds like semi pelagianism or yeah. that kind of stuff but ultramontanism is has never been regarded as a heresy it was affirmed by the first vatican council and there's a really good article um it's either by Thomas Petrie or Potter Edmund. Is it bad that I mix them up? Nah, they don't. The, they don't listen. So I think it was Potter Edmund, and so. But you know, the explaining what the position is, and what the position is is that in in worldly affairs, um, when there's disagreements between uh, something and the Pope, the tiebreaker goes to the Pope. I mean, that, that's essentially all it's saying. It's saying that you know, if the King of France thinks that you know the church should do x and the pope thinks the church should do y it turns out the pope wins out and they need to do y i mean that's it's a, it's not a theological position about the pope being super magic and smart and this and that it's a it's about how how do external entities relate to the pope and then how do internal entities right so your bishop is subject to the pope if your bishop disagrees with the pope, that lower gives way to the higher on matters of government. Obviously, you can't change the truth of doctrine and dogma, but, you know, if your if your bishop says, you know, I, you don't have to go to mass on Sundays unless you feel like it, and the pope says otherwise, then, you know, the the lesser gives way to the greater, and the pope wins out on this matter. Um, it's it's talking about matters of governance. The entire governing authority of the church is vested in one person. And so, yes, in a sense that could be, you know, a dictatorship, um, but history shows that the Pope has always been more generous in sharing his power than really any other entity um, known to man. And so, you know, I mean, we didn't necessarily plan to do a podcast on ultramontanism, but... The idea is that there that that God will be a check and balance on the pope when necessary and that we should work towards eliminating any sort of earthly checks and balances placed on the pope by foreign governments by fundraising groups by lobbyists by other bishop whatever it is you know we we can't do a
0: podcast on ultramontanism because adrian politely declined to come on
1: it was literally the most polite uh polite declination is that sure yeah i asked him to come on
0: the i asked him to come on the podcast and he was like i'm very sorry i can't because i don't think i would do well in this format but i really wish you all the best and like he was it was so sweet it was really it was like yeah it was very nice which and um, it was nice to have him answer no
1: right yeah. now instead of just not i answer. cherish that email since it comes directly from the professor um mm-hmm. so and i don't know if you've noticed that he actually got another invitation to do a podcast which one this played out on the timeline today he was invited to go on dr taylor marshall's podcast oh boy Taylor Marshall being a, a person in Dallas and someone who I, you know, I consider to be a friend. I always say hi to him. Um, he's Dr. Marshall is very aware of where I disagree with his, his current kind of public stances. Um, so this isn't, you know, backbiting. Um, but on the timeline, I guess he, somebody said that they would challenge or they would like to see a debate. or They'd like to see Professor Vermeule go on professor marshall's show um and vermule said um essentially oh i don't i don't like to be interviewed by protestants or something (laughs) like that (laughs) and Uh. what i would say as a reminder is that you know dr marshall's theology for the most part is very good and this is why it's important to look at the wording of the phrase "Protestant." And then, like I said, we kind of lost the, we lost the battle as Catholics on how what everything got called. Like when they call it a Reformation, whereas you know we called it a revolution or a revolt or a rebellion. Um, but the one thing that we succeeded in, and then ours, the ours, the Council of Trent, which was a true Reformation, was called the Counter Reformation, which is kind of negative. Um, and so but what we did succeed at is that protestantism is known as protestantism it's a rejection of the authority of the pope all the other stuff flows downstream so it it's a bigger deal that protestants simply do not recognize the pope as the head of the church all the other stuff is downstream from that and so that's why yes you can have excellent and perfect theology and still be a protestant um nothing i've seen indicates that this applies to taylor marshall um so i again i'm not i i have his i have several of his books um and he's he's a really fun guy you meet him um just just like tnt people don't send them after me um the well
0: just because you handle things uncouthly and handle things in a way that maybe shouldn't be
1: handled doesn't mean you are a protestant Right, but it is important to recognize that, obe- like that, in Protestantism, theology is downstream from obedience, and so you don't have to be a heretic to protest the authority of the Pope. And so, you couldn't point to anything Doctor Marshall says and call him a heretic. He's very good in his formation. I mean, we've borrowed with his, you know. With his, we cited him every time, but we borrowed plenty of his material in earlier episodes of our podcast because, you know, as a Thomist, he is very good. Um, so I just want to make sure it's clear I'm not, you know, issuing some kind of indictment on. But then Dr. we Marshall. became squishes. We sort of squashed places with him. Like it was funny because he was always kind of gloves off with the Holy Father, and at the time, I was very critical um and then right around when i was like you know it just seems backwards that i'm sitting here telling the pope how to run the church um was like all the blow-ups happened and you had you know tnt launch and um you know those types of things
0: yeah hey zach hey matt just wanted to let you know again, just you and also everyone that uh, former guest of the show Scott L Smith, Scott L Smith, third most listened to episode ever. All right, is doing a course called "What You Need to Know About Mary But We're Never Taught" for All Saints University, and he asked, he said, "Hey, you guys are amazing. You guys are probably the best podcast out there, regardless of topic." And I know that you drive, you drive everybody everywhere. You drive them crazy. You drive them all the rest. Can you can you talk about my new course? I was like, yeah, you're Scott L. Smith, third most listened to guest uh, episode ever. Of course, I will. I literally I had
1: friends. They told me. They said, I think I learned more from that episode from any other episode. And I was like, okay. First of all, how dare you? But at the same time, <laughs> you know, we, it is Scott. It is Scott we're talking about. Like. I mean, he literally has a whole podcast about being a nerd.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's true. But I'm serious. Uh, my, like,
1: one of my very best friends was like, I think I learned more listening to that episode from all the rest of your Roman Circus catalog. And I was like, you're like, okay, you're well, like, cool, I cool, it's not cool, that cool, I put cool, it. Totally. Matt and I, we just put hours of our life into it. But, you know, that's fine. That's fine. That's fine. That's fine. Because it's Scott. I could never be offended by people recognizing the brilliance of, of Scott Smith. So you, you said he's he's offering his knowledge to others? He it, It's good because it's
0: defend the church's teaching on the Blessed Mother, which is good because it obviously, when we're talking about Catholicism and other forms of Protestantism, or not other forms, forms of Protestantism, uh, the Blessed Virgin Mary is kind of a big deviation right so go check out scott's course all saints Com, and then it's on it's on the list of the courses over there and,
1: and it's uh, it's yeah. going to be
0: in our show notes isn't it uh yes yes it will be and what's that url again all saints Com. uh you can go and look for it there it's under the courses and uh i'll have the link in the show notes that's allsaintsuniversity.teachable.com. all saints all saints
1: that's incredible and so they just go to that and then they get they get to sign up with the course by scott smith who some say is even smarter than us
0: yeah, apparently I didn't know that I didn't know that when I agreed to do this anyway if
1: you want to take his course and be smarter than us then you need to get on down to that website and sign up I would say I mean not you know not gonna lie that's what I would do in my opinion in I m o. Hmm. so
0: Zach we you know just to let people behind the curtain again as we often do we discussed earlier what our topic this week was going to be and we came to the stunning realization that in the just under two years we've been doing this we have exhausted all of the potential information there is in catholicism we
1: we we did it all we we have i mean really if you look back through we've pretty much um covered it all in just under time two if you count last week um yeah we've we've really explained you know we we even said we'd never talk about the second Vatican council because it's like, it's all anyone talks about. And we even finally were like, well, we've got to do an episode about that.
0: Yeah. So now we've done it. Uh, But one thing, you know, we've done all of it, but one thing, I don't know if we've talked about, even though we've talked about all of it, uh, the, and it fits with what's going on kind in the church is the theological virtue of hope. We wanted to talk about,
1: what, yeah, it, we what it means to, to have hope. Yes. And so I prepared for this episode by reading um, The Audacity of Hope, written by Senator Barack Hussein Obama. Um okay. <laughs> If you would like to, it was interesting. Um, it was interesting to say the least. Um, mm-hmm. Have you read that one?
0: I actually, I actually did read it. I read it probably my friend was really obsessed with him before he started running for president so he gave it to me and he's like read this and like okay i read a few i read a few bill o'reilly books too just to kind of <laughs> like level myself out you know i needed yeah. to know i needed to know what obama was saying and i needed to know how uh the libs are destroying college
1: campuses so right it's like I don't know. I just remember when all the accusations came out about Bill O'Reilly and uh, my parents like, What do you think? And I was like, I I think that they're they seem one hundred percent true. Like, have you watched this guy's show? Like I feel like I mean, sorry if he's listening and you know, God forgives everything. (laughs) But you definitely um whatever. Uh so um (laughs) and then of course like we've gotten yelled at for saying, I was like, You probably still can't really find anything that Obama has done that you could really like get him for, like obviously policy wise there's concerns, but, um, we talked about how, you know, his family was, is so lovely and there's just never really anything like they were never under investigation for anything. Mm -hmm. Um, like personally, whereas like the Clintons and the Trumps obviously can't help themselves, but, um, commit things that are uh, vaguely criminal or, or civilly unallowed. Um, but with the with the Obamas, you always had such kind of a lovely family dynamic, and you know he does have all these sketchy like connections to people who are themselves sketchy. But again, he personally, it's like if if there was anything any skeletons in his closet, they would have been drug out, and there just weren't any. So, you know, I've got to hand it to him <laughs> for that.
0: All right. So, if, so, <laughs> so anyway,
1: if he's listening, if he's listening, uh, he he does follow me on Twitter. Um, I, you know, I, I hope that he gives me a call, um, because, uh, I need him to get one of the Obamacare fines waived for someone I know. Um, so there are, there are three theological virtues. You know what they are?
0: Do you, you want to give it a go?
1: Sure. So a theological virtue, that means it has God as its object directly, right? Right. And so I believe the first one, according to the Alan Jackson song, is Faith. Right. Um, and then the second one is Hope. Correct. The one we already said we we're going to talk about. Yes. And then the third one is Charity, which is also and correctly interpreted as love. It's just Charity is a more specific kind of love, caritas, than, than just love in general, which could refer to agape or, or whatever. Um so yeah so these
0: three they're Faith, also divine yeah they're all they're divinely infused and they are known through
1: divine revelation right so hope, so god gives them to you is what you're saying right perfect right theological uh, virtues because god gives them to you right so basically what hope is is that it's
0: the virtue by which we trust with an unshaken confidence grounded in divine assistance to attain life everlasting. So it is the hope that there that God has like it's trust in God's providence and that also that there is a heaven that we can attain and there is also the flip side that there's a hell that we can attain. Okay. Right. So that's the it's it's knowing properly that there is an afterlife and what waits for us based on our decisions in that afterlife, but also mainly that we can make it to heaven. Yes. Right. So it, it's it's uh, some of the corresponding virtues, like there's a virtue of confidence and of abandonment. And abandonment's a weird one. When I saw that uh, as I was looking through notes... I was like, oh, it'd be interesting, but then I guess it really means just abandoning your will to god's will, right like the hope that the hope that God has a plan and that if you follow that plan you can attain everlasting life with him, that would be the abandonment right, yes, and you have the the gift of fear of the Lord that would be something also associated with this, which is obviously not as we know, like the cowering in the corner, but it's the it's fear like of you're the not Lord. having nightmares about god right okay. it's in, the 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 fear is the uh, understand fully your place in relation to God, and you understand His authority, right? Well, and I
1: like to think of it this way: like if you were to um, walk down the street um, with toilet paper on your shoe, right, you would be afraid of people seeing you because you'd be worried about what are they going to think of you? Are they going to laugh at you? You know, what does that mean? It doesn't mean that you're those are scary people. It means that you're concerned with their orientation towards you.
0: Right. Yeah. yeah, And fear of
1: God, basically is the same thing. It's saying, you know, I do or don't do something because I know that God who loves me is watching me. And I want to him to know that I love him back. I, you know, I don't want to displease him. Um, It's actually an extremely healthy thing. Um, And, you know, you can relate it to just, if you care about your, how other people think of you on certain things, it's like, because you don't want to make them, you know think less of you. Mhm. So that that
0: is a good way to talk about the the contrary vices. One of them would be uh human respect in that way, right? Yeah. So you're you're worrying more if, like you said you're if you're constantly worrying about what people think, that's the way you give in a little on certain things. And we've all done it and we all cuz we I mean it's very hard, right? Like if you know something if you know someone is going to do something wrong but you do not tell them to stop because you might think that they'll feel bad or they'll be angry that's human respect human respect is not the general respect you have for humanity and the dignity of the person right Right.
1: it's like an instance would be let's say you are um having an extramarital affair which i hope you are not um If you're concerned about, you know, drawing the blinds and making sure to cover your tracks and stuff so that nobody finds out, but you don't seem to mind that God knows that you're having this affair, um, an element of that beyond all the other obvious parts is the human respect issue, is that you care more about, you know, Susie Chapstick down the street, not knowing that you're an adulterer than you do about, you know, God who loves you more than anything, Uh, you know, so that's the that's the idea of human respect is like well why are you so much more worried about what someone else thinks than you are about what god thinks i mean god loves you more than they do suzy chapstick suzy chapstick
0: yeah yeah so that's kind of yeah that's a good example that's a wild example but it works um yeah, maybe we should be have- something
1: like uh if you're you don't want someone to know that you chugged a, a bottle of whiskey so you like or vodka so you fill it back up with water. It's like, well, you know, God saw your intemperance too and you didn't seem to mind that that he had to watch that when when he mm. loves you much more than you know. Anyway. Mm. Uh, uh
0: another contrary vice is despair basically yes despair despair is a very very big thing that i don't think gets talked about because uh you can have and i'm not talking about just like in the moment moment despair which is very bad too but like despair is something uh like that's i think r- correct me if i'm wrong but i think that's oh, I kind of why <laughs> i think that's why thomas akempis isn't a saint right like they, they that's were a fascinating that, story that they worried. Yes, so Thomas so Aquinas died. He he wrote uh, supposedly Imitation of Christ. Yes, okay. so he's and the alleged
1: he, author of *Imitation of Christ*, which is a a spiritual classic. Like your book second most is not sold book behind it. the Bible, right? Yeah. Oh yeah. Second to the Bible. Actually, it's third. It's the Bible. You know, and then in first and third you have uh, *Imitation of Christ*, and then second uh, *Art of the Deal*. Um course so yeah no i recommend buying a copy of that from baronius press if you can get it or um, if there's a version from tan if they haven't discontinued it um but besides those there's some modern translations that really bungle it so i wouldn't recommend it from um anyone else though I am trying to get a book deal so I I apologize if I've criticized any potential publishers anyway so he wrote (laughs) that book and allegedly died but then what happened when they dug up his coffin to make him a saint Matt so they they discovered that on the inside of the
0: coffin were scratch marks right like he had been clawing at the inside of the coffin to that he had potentially it looked like might have been buried alive so the problem with that is then that called into question whether in his final moments he despaired now this isn't saying that thomas akempis is in hell by any means it's just saying that uh at at some point there may have been more stricter rules on how to canonize a saint so they they used to be spared yeah despair is such a uh such a major thing because if you if you lose it's the loss of hope right so if you lose that hope and you lose that moment, that trust in god then it's enough to damn you
1: basically so it is crazy worried. to think that he did despair in his final moments and that that's what but they're basically saying that it, they're not necessarily judging his soul they're saying that the evidence suggests that he that's may have the, despaired that's the thing and it's there it's it's
0: because it just that's what created the question mark it's not they're not saying
1: she there have did to despair, right? You have to die with the, what's called the air of sanctity, and unfortunately, it's hard to have the air of sanctity uh, if if you've like scratched off your hands trying to. I mean, it, it sounds bad, but like again, the air of sanctity part was missing, so getting St. Um, you know, affixed to his name was sort of ruled out on that basis, right? Which I, I is, assume he's in heaven, if it's that's safe the to, thing.
0: You know, it, yeah, so, and it, it does seem a little extreme, like, well, if he was buried alive, certainly. Well, he, if he was buried alive, I mean, I hope that that's a fate that none of us ever experience. but it's still...
1: Please nobody do it to me. Yeah, um, I, I, anyone... Zach would not thrive in that environment. No, I, I can't not be able to touch my face. Um, so if you do it, just do it in, like, a really <laughs> tall coffin. Um, no, so... Y- Yes, and to kind of clarify on despair, so with virtues, even the theological virtues like hope, you have um, the virtue kind of goes down the middle. Like hope is the moderate position. It's, It's right in the middle as the virtue. And you can have a vice opposed to a virtue that's either the excess of that virtue or the defect of that virtue. So the defect of hope is despair. It's like you've totally this this hope that god will provide everything that you need to get to heaven you have let go of that and you've embraced despair and and you've you've lapsed into the vice of despair through right. a, a um a deficit of hope
0: insufficient hope you, you can also do that i mean despair the in the yeah in the non getting buried alive terms like despair is, if despair can be enough i don't like when people joke like, if they do something, be like, oh, I'm going to hell. Like, I don't like when people joke about that. I mean, it is jokes, but at some point, you can despair yourself enough to keep you from confession. Like, you can think you're irredeemable, right? So right. That's, the, that's another unfortunate thing, because you, loo- you lose hope in the redemptive nature of Christ and all the things that he did for us. So it, That's a really good
1: point, that despair would keep you out of confession,
0: yeah, because if you think if you,
1: because yeah, what's the point?
0: Well, yeah, and sin leads to more sin too. So you just right. can't find yourself in the old the old spin
1: sin sin spin cycle. Uh, yep, and then you got to go back to the uh, yeah. sin bin. That's one of my friends. They, their family bin. calls the confessional the sin bin, and so like they were like, "Oh, we saw you at at church, but you were in line for the sin bin, so we we wanted to like let you have your moment." You're like darn right, I was, fella yeah uh, it's like I, yeah, so, I committed yeah you know anyway um
0: yeah but it's not like okay just to, again to repeat, despair like, it's not despair despair well yeah don't well that's the other that's a good point too but it, like it's not the momentary like if you're having a rough day or a rough week like that's it's that's the momentary despair while still not good is not as extreme as just a full out i'm irredeemable right uh, the other, the last contrary vice, and this is this is a huge, this is a big one. I will say, in certain Protestant communities, is the vice, the sin of presumption. Yeah. So kind of so like we said that
1: uh, despair is the defect, not enough hope. Presumption is the excess. It's like you've taken the well, what was the virtue yeah, of hope, it, and you've gone too far. But and it you're isn't even back in a vice. Yeah, but I would argue too that presumption
0: I guess it makes sense what you said but presumption is has nothing to do with hope right you're not hoping anything you're just I so years ago I was at a friend's house for a barbecue and he was like hey you're a Christian right and I said I love when conversations start like this because it usually ends in silliness but I said yes I am and he said do you think you're going to go to heaven and this was I mean this is like 8 years ago before I knew the very little things that I know now and I was like well I kind of I hope I do I hope this he's like why well, I, I know I am I'm I'm confident I know and I was just like well that's silly man like that's you can't you're not allowing I mean you're there's no room for god in presumption because what's the point of like the re- the redemption, what's the point of salvation or anything if you just know that you're going right? To me, yes, it, it,
1: it doesn't make sense, huh? Yeah, no, I mean that's, that's the idea is it's opposed to faith, or sorry, opposed to hope. Mm-hmm. Um, and with you know it, presumption, also this is something I didn't realize. So you kind of said that with despair would also if a Catholic were engaging in presumption that would also keep them from confession because they would think Absolutely. no I'm, I'm good to go uh i couldn't possibly go to hell or you know i'll be able to go to confession right before i need to like you can have presumption that says you never actually need to repent because you're good to go anyway similarly you can have presumption that says yeah i probably should go to confession and get cleaned up but you know I'll have a chance to go later. Like God will recognizing that every time oh, you go to confession, God's sure. providing for you to do that. Right. Um, it's assuming that that's, that you're going to have another chance. Cause you have to remember, it's not just like, can you find a priest to hear your confession? Like is confession available? It's, do you, will you ch- make the choice to go? Because you can't predict tomorrow. Like maybe tomorrow you're not going to be sorry for that sin anymore. And so the presumption that God's going to give you the grace of being sorrow, sorry for your sins and the ability to go to confession, you know, that's, that's a pretty strange presumption. I think, I think you should presume that if you're doing everything you can do, and the famous question is always, well, what if you know, so-and-so is on their way to confession and they get in a car accident? It's like, well, you know, I think that there is reason to have hope for that person because they were doing everything that they. Well, yeah, there's were. intention there, right? And so, I don't think a car accident is going to keep you from heaven. But I think if you go too far with that way of thinking and you say, "Oh, I don't need to," I don't need to worry. God will give me a, another chance. Um, mm. You know, it's it's best to. You know, if you need to go to confession, I'd say just pause this podcast, um, and. It, go ahead and sign up on our Patreon and then get straight to confession. No, just kidding. Um but you know don't delay. When you have the the desire to go to confession, you can go right away and there's never any reason to wait. I think some people with certain sins, I've had this conversation with a lot of people. They think that it's somehow insincere to go to confession like too soon after a sin, and that could not be further from the truth. Um the moment, I mean, obviously don't sin, but the moment that you're sorry for it and want to make things right with God, go to confession. It it doesn't matter if it was 20 minutes ago. It doesn't matter if it was two minutes ago. Um, Once the sin has been committed, what's done is done. And so you can confess it. Obviously don't say like, okay, I'm going to pull up to the church while they're having confessions and I'm going to do nine sins and then I'm going to go in and get those... um, Mm you know, cleaned off. Like, that's not what we're saying, but you don't have to sit there and think like, okay, I just engaged in some sin. Um. There's confession today, but that's not, you know, obviously there's a, some kind of waiting period. There's no waiting period. So I also would throw in,
0: I, I know that there can be a personality conflict with some priests and some priests can be a little mean or little, it, if the confession is, if it's a priest who gives a valid confession, go like, you don't want to, if it's open to you and you can make it go like, uh, just cause you don't like the priest is not a valid means to not go to confession.
1: Right. Um, and you know, all that you need to hear for a confession to be valid from the priest is I absolve you. And in cases where you're not told that I've heard this happening, you can just say, you know, father, where I'm from, um, the priest will always say, I absolve you and it, it just makes me feel, you know, very, uh, it, you know, it, it reminds me of home. Would you mind saying that? And usually they will, even if they're like super, um, you know, not interested in doing that, y- you know, people tend to, you know, you know, oh, I'm from the Amazon I'd I'd like to hear I absolve you and they're, Oh, okay. Okay. For that reason we will, um, you don't have the rest of It's <laughs> very beautiful and there's blessings that come from the full, absolution prayer but you really just need you know the form is the words i absolve you in any language um so yeah if you don't hear it just say father would you mind um it just it would just remind you it would, it would, you know and that's not a lie mm-hmm. um so just a quick tip there
0: yeah just a little tip for you but so- honestly
1: priests more and more are really loving the sacrament like you see father cassidy stinson Who, like, every time he goes, he posts on Facebook, like, have you been to confession? You know, come Mm -hmm. on out. Or um, I had the priest that said, if you confess something that I haven't heard before, I'll do your penance for you. Amazing. Um, Yeah. So it's like, you know, just go. Anyway, back to the topic, Matt.
0: Yes, back to the topic. Uh, So hope lies in the will and it is uh basically we have to have our intellect perfected to a supernatural end right and the will is something we also have to have perfected through the virtue and the and hope lies in the will it is it is an act that we actually have to submit to right it's it's something we can learn about and it's something but it actually in, acquires or not acquires uh, requires intention and a firm intention to hope. So uh, that's that. I had another thing, and this is a I forget if it's a Father Rippiger thing or where I got this from, but the means to participation in hope, I have been told, lies through the Holy Spirit. So if you were to look at the theological virtues, faith, hope and charity, charity, the means to acquire charity would lie through God because God is love. And the means to acquire faith is through Christ because Christ came down and established, you know, the new covenant and all that. So the means through hope would be through the Holy Spirit. I uh I can't confirm that this is full on teaching this is just when i was learning about hope that someone told me um but it would make sense because the graces that flow through the holy spirit and the things that you know uh i don't know if you have anything you want
1: to say about that zach um i mean basically that it's um it should essentially be reassuring it allows you you know you get a lot of questions um let's take this What's his name? Not Benghazi, but who's this guy that just died? Mm-hmm. So, you know, people are, he did commit suicide and he was a terrorist. Um, you know, if somebody were to consult me and say, what's a really good way to end up in hell? I would say, well, maybe be a terrorist and then commit suicide. Like, it's obviously not a good way to get into heaven. Um, but, you know, we don't actually know where he ended up. But what we do know, and the virtue of hope tells us this, is that God gave him every opportunity to become a saint, that upon his death, God made a perfect decision about where he would go, that God is not um, subject to bias or prejudice the way that a human judge would be, and that God has all the information um, which a human judge would never be able to have. And so we don't necessarily, we can have hope, we don't have to really worry that you know oh does god know that he was mentally ill or does god know that you know he has traumatic things from the past that impacted his judgment i mean all the examples people put for why you would or wouldn't be culpable god knows all of them and made a perfect decision about that person and so we don't have to worry too much because we know that um the the best possible judge got to make the call and so um And, you know, we have to agree
0: with it one way or the other. And finally, one thing about the theological virtues, uh, there is no hope in heaven, right? So it's not a thing that we, there's no faith and there's no hope in heaven. There's no faith because we are confronted with this reality, right? So we no longer have to have faith that it's there. And there's no hope because we've, if we are in heaven, then there's no need to hope in God's providence and in heaven, because that has also been, uh, been shown to us. Charity, I, charity, there is charity in heaven because God is love and everything is love and done for us. Um, but yeah, as far as faith and hope is purely these, these theological virtues are purely obtainable on earth.
1: I think it's interesting, like what you said, Matt, to consider that you, you know, you'd think when you go to heaven, like, you gain all these virtues and you gain some, but kind of like you said, you lose, you lose those two. So, um, this is your last shot with hope or your only shot with hope. Um, so yeah. hope you take it seriously. Oh boy. All right. Well, yeah, that's a little bit on hope.
0: Uh, yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed it and, uh, enjoy Go to go. There's no saints of the week this week. Uh, go to it's all saints so go to mass on the first yes we hope you go to mass then we will
1: talk to you all next week all right hope to see you guys next week